This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. All right. Hey, a self-defense event happens in in seconds. In the time it takes to listen to the commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you never are forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 critical response team is right there for you. To discover more about USCCA, visit uscca.com GOR. Act now because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash GOR. Are we Tuesday, having technical Tuesday is election day. Don't forget, everybody, that Tuesday is election day, so... If you have not voted, you need to get out and vote. And if you have not yet, download the voter guide. If you're in San Diego, go to SanDiegoCountyGunOwners.com and download our voter guide. If you're in Orange County, go to OrangeCountyGunOwners.com and download theirs. And if you are in Riverside and San Bernardino, go to Inland Empire Gun Owners and download their voter guide. Extremely important, particularly if you're in San Diego. Um, need you to vote for Kelly Martinez for sheriff. She is. Uh, she told me to tell you hello. Oh, did you see her at KUSI? Absolutely. I was on KUSI this I morning. I made her turn red. <laughs> Why? Because I told Do her I want to know? I just told her how much you promote her every time we come on air. And she was very, she goes, yeah, I know. I talked to him last night. Yeah, she's uh, she's great, man. She's, she's a really sweetheart. Great. She's, she's uh, she really is. A professional law enforcement officer. She's not a politician. She's, you know what I mean? And uh, that's what we want. 35 years of experience. She's been absolutely right. wonderful. So, I was on KUSI this morning. Everybody see? Everybody up at six in the morning? You were there before me. It was, it was there like six. Yeah. What time were you? I was out at seven fifty. No. Well, we missed each other by like an hour and a half. No. Talking about the voter guide. Alicia saw me. Right? You were up at six watching. Oh, kids. I was sleeping. <laughs> in your dreams, <laughs> she seen you. They they like to put me on at prime time like there that because they know what a big draw the. Uh, my interview is but anyway um so we only got what two more days we only got two more days so please vote everybody get not only do you need to vote if you're sitting there listening you think well i already voted he's not talking to me go find 10 people and make them vote i can't tell you how oh, many i make people. everybody yeah that's i tell them the same thing everybody <laughs> i talk to make sure you vote make sure you vote how many people in your life are just like wouldn't vote without you isn't that crazy it's uh i don't know i can't fathom not voting you know um, but uh, it's amazing. So grab 10 people, 
Make them vote. Give them the voter guide. Make sure that they all vote the right way. It's that. That's how you win. It's not. A, it's not a matter of, you know, who's a better candidate or whatever. It's a matter of who who shows to to vote. Well, exactly. It's not a hundred percent. A hundred percent of people don't vote. That, that's that's the wrong way to say. I that. I think that's the wrong way to say. <laughs> that. Let me do my math. You never get a hundred percent without voter voting. turnout. Right. So. Uh, well, the, yeah, because you never do, because there's always that small percentage. Large, I think it's a large percentage, yeah. a large percentage. If you look at the, the people who are eligible to register and vote, it's a small percentage of people that, that actually show up and vote. If you look at the uh, people that are registered and don't show up, it's it's, it's you know 50, maybe 60% well, of people show and up. And I think it's the demographics. When you were 20, 21, did you vote? Um, no. Yeah, I did actually. No, I really did. Um, there See, was, I could care less when I was twenty years old. There was, I think, I've only missed one election, and I was twenty. And the reason I, I actually went downtown. I was living in San Francisco. Went downtown to vote. Locked my keys in my car, so I had to take care of that, and I mi- I couldn't vote. What do you mean you? Oh, like it took all day to get your keys out? It what? It you pretty just much break did. the glass. I, there, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you're in San Francisco. Back There's plenty then, of people that yeah, would have really done break it for the you. Glass. Back then, it was uh, there was no cell phone. You know what I mean. I had to like go into this dingy, horrible bar and 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 beg. Oh, them then to, you just got to, drunk, yeah. and that's why you. Didn't. I didn't get drunk. There was an old lady in there in this bar that actually. Puked okay, we don't want to hear really about it. Was really, that's, it was a horrible experience. That story's getting too deep. Oh, all right. So anyway, so that's so everybody get out and vote. Unless you're Jackson's age, right? You're not. You gonna, could vote, you Jackson. Did you vote already? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, you got to get with the program. Oh, yeah. you're going to wait till the gotta, day of. I see. You're yeah, smart. He is smart. He wants to make sure his vote counts. I don't blame <laughs> him. I don't blame him. So you got a joke for us? Uh, as a matter of fact, I do. All right. Fire it up. What do you call a pony with a sore f- throat? What do you call a pony with a sore throat? Alicia? Ooh, Where's Sam when you need him? A now? little horse? <laughs> She got it. Yeah. She got it. A little. You're, you're a total failure as a comedian. I need a hard joke. I know. <laughs> Harder than what she knows. I she, have four kids. He's going to have to work hard. She was looking over your shoulder, I think. Uh, you got to hide it this night. Like yeah. this. Get a, close to your vest. A little horse. Alicia, uh, why did the cookie go to the hospital? Oh, this one's a good oh, one. Goodness. Oh, you know this one? Yeah, it's a good joke. I don't know. Why? I don't know this one. You want to say it, Jackson? Because he was feeling crummy. Oh, oh <laughs> very good. Okay, you're back to being a comedian again. There you go. Nice job. Let's take after your dad. Isn't he funny? Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. That was very convincing. Yeah, I know. That was very, very convincing. Well, so All right, well, we have a great show coming up, uh, even better than uh, the first uh, seven minutes here. Um, Dan <laughs> Dan Waz is, is uh, we're going to interview him, and uh, we're going to talk about uh, an upcoming event, which is uh, tomorrow night, that is being sponsored by um, uh, the Turning Point. Turning Point USA, Amy Robbins and Antonia Oakfer are going to be there. Of course, Sam the Gunman is going to be on. I'm going to talk about some updates. We're going to talk about some uh, uh, legal updates. We're going to basically talk about I have all kinds of conversations about what we're doing as activists. And a lot of people don't know. They say, well, gee, we got to get rid of this roster. I'm like, well, actually, we have a lawsuit getting rid of the roster. 
So I want to. We're going to spend a segment talking about each of the lawsuits that we're involved with uh, to bring people up to date. Jeez, that's going to take what three, four hours? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's five of them. It's five of them. So we're just going to touch on each, let everybody know. Um, you know, it's of course lawsuits. It's a lot of hurry up and wait. But this is also a reason they should join San Diego County gun owners because of the lawsuits. Because guess what? I haven't found a lawyer yet that was cheap. Exactly. And it takes a lot of money to fight these fights. So if you're sitting at home complaining about these laws, you need to participate. That's right. Ten bucks a month. Most effective ten bucks you're going to spend you all month. Can't even buy month. dinner or breakfast for ten bucks. You can't. You can get. I read an. I read an article over the weekend. Um, a Whopper is like nine bucks. No. Did you what? know that? And if you get a meal, it's like $13 no. now for like what? a Whopper meal with cheese. Alicia. No. Tell the truth. How much is a Whopper? Six, seven I bucks. have no idea, but yeah. I would never have guessed that. Yeah, Whopper's like nine bucks these no. days. I was just reading this article. It's crazy. So How anyway. about the uh, So McDonald's. would you rather have a Whopper or gun rights? Oh. That's really the question. <laughs> I don't know. For $1 more. I want to make rib. If you just no, upgrade your Dave. Whopper, Dave. delicious. No, Dave. Did you ever eat a McRib? Nope. <laughs> I have something for you, by the way. <laughs> you have something for Action Jackson, but it's right, not a got? McRib. We got to take a break? Yeah. Let's do that right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. It's right before elections, and we're working really hard to get more pro 2A officials elected. But what we are working so hard for, well, what does it look like if we're successful? Dan Wos is next. All right, but first, if you have legal matters that involve firearms that you need to call, California firearms lawyer John Dillon. Especially if you have questions on the red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you need to know that your guns are California compliant. Call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Call 760-642-7150. Or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. Who's our guest? Dan Wass. You know him well? We, yeah, he's been a guest on the show. He is a nationally recognized Second Amendment advocate and author of the book, Good Gun, Bad Guy. Oh, I remember this. Actually, guy. it's a whole series. Yeah, yeah. he's a host of uh, Good Gun, Bad Guy Radio and The Loaded Mic. And he speaks at events. Uh, he's a contributing editor for many publications. He can be found on radio stations across the country. Dan, how are you? What's going on, you guys? How are things in California? As weird as they are up here in New York? <laughs> I, dude, we got the. I think we got the 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 corner or I the market cornered on weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could we could trade governors, but it wouldn't do any good whatsoever. No, we we still be in the same place. <laughs> I forget. Are you in New York City or, or or where are you in New York? Oh no, I'm, I'm in upstate New York. I'm just south of the Adirondack Mountains. We have a. It's a beautiful place. It's called Saratoga Springs. Um, fortunately, we are uh, we're mostly conservative up here, but we get we get we have to deal with all the New York City right. liberal nonsense because it's statewide laws. So that's you know well, I, I, obviously we, you guys are aware of. We got the same the, problem. Uh, we're in San Diego the, and Sacramento and San L- Francisco. It's LA, LA and San Francisco. We have to deal with LA and San Francisco. What about Sacramento and well, Sacramento is where all the bad decisions are made, but. 
But that's but all the people that making them, are, are, you know, they're from Sacramento or from uh, you know San Francisco and, and L.A. So it's the same thing. I think a lot of people don't understand that Dan that we live in this blue state. But you get outside of Manhattan, you get outside of L.A. and we're you know we're Jackson, Mississippi. Well, and that's just it. People, you know, as soon as I say oh, I'm from New York, they go, "Ooh, you're from New York." <laughs> yeah, but you know, don't hold that against me. I can, let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me redeem myself. Because Buffalo, how close to Buffalo are you? Well, probably about four hours. Oh, I didn't know. It's okay. It's south cool. southeast from Buffalo. You know, Talis is is uh, just released an album. You're you got to be. A I Tal- think we talked about this before. You know, I, I'm a huge uh, Talis fan. Mr. Big when when Billy Sheehan went on to Mr. Big and David Lee Roth band. I've always followed Billy Sheehan from the early days in Talis. Yes, Dave uh, Talis is a it's an old it's an eighties band, and then Billy Sheehan, who you and I interviewed, he right. big, he's a he's a he's a gun guy, Dan. And uh, oh, I didn't know that. I, he, I met him in California once, and you know I've been a rock and roller my whole life too. So I toured in rock bands myself, and you know I've always known of Billy Sheehan. Well, that has the the, the cover of this new this of their new album has a uh, it's got an old uh, what was the Back to the Future. Car. Oh, a DeLorean. Yeah, it's got a DeLorean on it. It's all run down. Get out of this 80s, but it's kind of funny anyway. All right. Well, Dan, um, you were at the Gun Rights Policy Conference in Dallas. Um, yes. Yeah, most just, what, what was that? Was it like a month ago? Two months ago? Yeah, yeah. It was the end of October into early November. So I think it was, or no, I'm sorry, uh, end of uh, September into early October. Yep. How, first off, how was it? Fantastic. I mean, this is an event that I'm asked to speak at every year. And it's just it's such a great event because you get you got gun rights advocates from all over the country we get to meet our friends you know me and and guys like mark walters are hanging out afterwards smoking cigars it's just you know get the guys from uh, gun owners of america hanging out with them it's it's all us gun guys getting together and just you know shooting the you know the you know what and we're just having a great time and we get to share everything that we know with each other and it's just a real good collection of uh, of people, uh, just some of the greatest people that I, I, I've ever met. Well, I think one of the highlights was uh, your talk. You you talked about what winning looks like, and I thought it was an excellent, excellent talk. I thought you did a great, great job. What what prompted oh, you to give that speech? Well, I mean, if if we can talk about the negative stuff all the time, which we do a lot. You know, there's a lot of gun laws and gun restrictions coming down on us. But you know what? I mean, we, won't, we don't have any inspiration unless we actually recognize the times we win. And we're winning a lot. I mean, you've got to look at some of these cases, like with Heller and McDonald, and now with the big Bruin case here in New York. Things are changing, especially with the Bruin case. Now that we, we had Judge Clarence Thomas uh, write this uh, historical tradition piece in his decision, that's going to change everything. And I don't know if people realize that because now we've got precedence that says if you, you – in other words, you can't create a situation where you, you're trying to justify new gun laws if that hasn't, doesn't have some sort of historical standing. And they're talk, when they talk about historical tradition, they're talking about colonial times. They're talking about 1700s. So we have a good opportunity right now to use that precedence to start pushing back on some of the existing gun laws that are in place right now. So I think things are going to change, and I think the uh, Bruin case was a big win. It is enormous. Bigger, better, m- more clear, more useful than, than, either, than, than even the Heller case, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So what? So tell everybody. Just give a little recap. Um, what does winning look like? You know, when when you were talking and giving them, in, talking in the speech, give some examples. What does winning look like for for gun owners? Well, I mean, like I said, with the historical tradition is 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 just is, is a is a big deal. But you know what? Another thing is once we start understanding, you know, and we start pushing back on some of the narrative. Now, the narrative I think is probably the most important thing because. It's, and this is some of the stuff that I talked about in the speech, but the narrative, the anti-gun narrative, is what kind of shapes public opinion. And we don't realize how, how powerful it is until we start seeing people voting because they're scared of guns. And then we realize that, wow, the narrative has really conditioned people to, to, to be fearful and to vote for the politician that promises them safety. Mm. Uh, which, as we see in New York and California, um, that these politicians are not providing safety. Gun laws don't provide safety. They actually make people more more dependent on government, and they put people in more danger. And winning looks like people saying, wait a minute, this isn't working. You know, you're letting criminals out of jail. You're changing the narrative on guns so everyone's scared of guns and wants to, and then you try to disarm the people. Well, well, that doesn't work. So now people are pushing back and saying, uh-uh, no way, it's not going to work. 2020, we had some huge gun sales, and, and a good portion of those gun sales were people who had never owned a gun before. They saw the riots. They, they experienced left-wing riots across the country, and they said, no, we're not going to believe it anymore. We're not going to put up with it. Even the liberals were going out getting guns to be able to protect themselves against the violence that they voted for. So winning looks like changing minds and people saying we're not going to we're not going to go along with this anymore. To me that's what we need to do. We need to change that narrative and I think we're doing it. Well, and it's 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 being recognized as the civil right it truly is rather than it it was almost a you know, it was kind of a novelty right. Um, you know, and, and, uh, I think it's finally being recognized as the civil right. It really truly is. And it's certainly not a secondary, right? Well, I mean, our founding fathers knew that these people would be coming and they saw them coming over 200 years away. That's why they wrote the second amendment. They knew that, that evil people or people with bad intentions would try to overpower others and take control of populations. And, they knew that. They, they understood psychology probably better than we do today. So they wrote the Second Amendment as a, as a way of saying, you know, when this happens, because it will happen, Newsom, Hochul, you know, they knew these people would come along. Biden, you know, Eric Swalwell, you know, these yeah. people. They knew it would happen. They didn't know how or when, but they wrote that in there just to be sure, just to be safe. And, and it, it's a great decision, and it's gonna, it, like you said, it's it's kind of paving the way to to victory um, and winning. Um, but one of the things I, I like to say about it is, it's you know, it's not magic, um, and it's not the end. It's really, it's like we've been handed this this tool that we can finally use in you know a thousand fights, you know, starting right now, and we're already seeing results. We're already seeing good things happen. Uh, you know, California. And uh, and New York both uh, no more good cause no more of this subjective good cause crap when it comes to getting a carry permit, right? And we're already seeing some of the lawsuits 
um, that we're a part of, um, they're getting revisited. You know, I, 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 you know the, these ridiculous uh, uh, assault weapons bans and magazine bans and all the other crap. It's all going to go to it's it's, it's going it's going to be fall away it's fall away it's going to be struck down and that'll be that that'll be it. Well, yeah, I mean, it, you talked about the, the assault weapons ban. I mean, we they tried that in '94. I remember Diane Feinstein coming out with that AR-15, holding that up in the air and saying. You know, this is the problem. We need to get rid of these so-called assault weapons. Bill Clinton says we need to get rid of these. We need an assault weapons ban to stop violence. It didn't work. You know, violence doesn't stop when you take away a, a, a certain device because violence is in the heart of some people. The people need to be stopped. The people need to. And then you get our governors, who you know, letting people out of jail. I, I, it doesn't make any sense unless, you realize that they're doing it for a reason. And I always say this, and it, it comes out of kind of left field because people aren't really talking about it a lot, but, you know, they're not stupid people. They, they're letting prisoners out of jail, the early, early release and bail reform and all this nonsense, and they're simultaneously creating gun restrictions for the good guys, putting peop- making people vulnerable and unarmed and help. You have to imagine that they're getting some sort of benefit out of that, you know, creating this victim-predator society. And it's the one thing that I've been speaking out against, and I hope people are starting to recognize. I think they are. But you, you create a victim-predator society for, for one reason, and um, people are starting to catch on. What's the reason? Well, Spell it out for people, me. Talk to me like I'm five years old. When people are dependent, they become easier to manipulate. I mean, you know, just like with, with COVID, people became very scared and very dependent on what's the next what's the next thing we need to do from Fauci? You know, what's Fauci say? What's Biden say? What's the next thing we Because people get scared. They get fearful. They have no way of, you know, they think they don't have any way of protecting themselves. So they, they do whatever the government tells them. You know, it's like welfare. You know, I'm, I'm very, very against the welfare system. We've got generations now on the welfare system. These people are dependent, and they've been taught to be dependent. And the same thing with gun, with, with gun rights. If you take away gun rights and you make people vulnerable, you make them dependent. Dependent hey, people are very... Hey, Dan. Hold that thought. We got to pay. Ahead, sure. Since we have to pay you all this money, we have to take a break and generate some funds to take care of you. Right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring Orange County self-defense rights and if you live in orange county and want to help defend and restore the second amendment you need to join ocgunowners.com slash join orange county gun owners is more than supporting the lawsuits for the second amendment they have developed an effective infrastructure that focuses on local outreach and activism volunteer at a shooting social at a gun shop and tabletop and help more pro-gun local Officials get elected. Become a member today. OCGunOwners.com slash join. 
All right, we're talking to Dan. Uh, Dan Waz, how you doing, man? Um, so it's the by the way, the album. It's called 1985. That's why they put the uh, the uh, DeLorean on the cover of it. I had to look it up during the the break. Um, it's uh, it's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it, Dan. Um, so uh, we we're talking. What does victory look like? Tuesday is, of course, election day. Any predictions, Dan? What do you think? Well, I yeah, I have high hopes for uh, for my state in New York. I think. Um, yeah, the the vibe up here is is really going for Zeldin, and I think, according to some of the polls, he's a point ahead. So, wow. you know, that is going to change everything. That's going to reverberate around the country. If we if New York can flip red, you know, that's good news for everybody. And uh, you know, I, I just that that's what I think is going to happen. And, and the talk of the red wave, I I got to tell you, I, I'm starting to believe it now. Um, as I'm starting to see some of the polls, so um, high hopes, but I don't like to get too uh, over you know, overzealous you know, because uh, Democrats uh, have capabilities of, let's just say, uh, you know, you, you know, you know, getting things to turn their way. So um, that's what I fear. But, well, in uh, in San Diego, there is one of the indicators that there may be a a red wave is. Uh, you know, we can we can base we can vote for I don't know like a month prior to the actual election day, and the registrar of voters will actually tell you. You know, they'll, they'll release the information and say, you know, how many people have have turned in their ballots. So you, you can get that information, and yep. you can even sort it. See, you know, hey, are they you know uh, Republican, Democrat, declining state? Um, and there is an enormous um, influx of Republican ballots coming in. And there mm-hmm. is, uh, it's, it's they're lagging Democrat ballots. Um, that's you know who knows what's going to happen on Tuesday. Maybe they're all just waiting to vote. But that's unusually uh, usually uh, Republicans vote on you know election yeah. day and Democrats vote prior. So right. it is kind of interesting. Um, right, just that early on like this in the early voting, that's a good sign. It is. I don't think there's. You know, I was thinking about uh, it, it, it. One of the, one of the ways they describe. This, you know, you know, if, if if one party is showing up early and they're excited, um, and you know the other part isn't, they, they call it enthusiasm, and and usually it's the result of you know rallying around an issue. And uh, Democrats don't really have an issue to rally around. There isn't right. like a big Democrat thing happening. Yeah, they do hate. <laughs> well, <laughs> they tried, you know, and of course, you know, we're a very blue state, but I'm noticing that they tried to latch on to abortion, um, you know, right. because of the Supreme Court decision and everything. And it's, it doesn't seem it's not just not taking off. Well, they're not paying any attention. It's food. It's gas. Yeah, it's the economy, stupid. And, and right. where you're at, how much did you spend in heating oil? Oh, up, uh, yeah. Up in New York, stuff like that gets really expensive. I mean, we're natural gas where I am, but... Um, but yeah, no. If everyone's already complaining about the uh, heating oil uh, expense, and then so, Biden I, just I and Biden thing, just I, says he's going to cancel coal. Yeah, I know. Hey, I wanted to congratulate you guys on your on your recoil article. I, I just I was I was so happy to see it. I'm in a, I'm in a mall in Albany, New York, and and I, my wife is shopping. So what do I do? I go to the I go to the local bookstore and I check out all the gun magazines, and they're my friends. From San Diego. So congratulations on that. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, you bet. Recoil did a nice, really cool article. I thought that turned out really well. 
yeah. Recoil's been a, a good friend of oh, us, yeah. too. They've been really, really wonderful. I, if you're not getting Recoil, please go out and get Recoil. You can actually sign up to get Recoil uh, on our website, or if you become a 10-ring member of San Diego County. Oh, is that why I'm getting it? That's why you get it, man. You didn't tell me I was a 10-ring. I have told you you're a 10-ring <laughs> member. I didn't know that. <laughs> but I got a book. <laughs> I thought, oh, look, yeah. somebody screwed up sent me a book. So, Dan, if we get this big red wave, I got to tell you, my fear, I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. So my big fear is that Republicans are getting into office and we're not, we're not going to see any good out of them. Every year they're going to tell us, you know, oh, well, there's three other things that are a priority. It's such a fear of mine. See, I don't think so. I think, I th- Dan, don't, don't you think that they've, they've gone to the wall against the Democrats and saying they're going to do, they almost can't not produce, do you think? Yeah, I would agree, but but this, this, the 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 people who are in now are real fighters. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene. We got. Uh, I mean, Carrie Lake. Yes. I, I mean, people like this. To me, I, I think there's going to be a new kind of a rejuvenation uh, in the Republican Party. So, so normally I would agree, but but this time I think it's going to be different. I, I do too. In fact. I was talking to one of the kids at, at, at KOSI TV, and I says, you know, the Biden group is my group. I have to take responsibility for it because of my age. I says, your group, talking to these kids, I says, are the Carrie Lakes of the world and the and the DeSantis of the world. And, and, and yep. I think it's a better group of politicians. And the AOCs of the world. Oh, wait. No. Well, mm. you can't. Yeah, but that's. <laughs> oh, wait. Never mind. Yeah. Not that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, her, 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 and, her and Elon are getting married, did I tell you? No. Oh, you didn't hear that? No. People can get beaten down with these left-wing policies only for so long, and then I think we naturally, just because we're Americans, we naturally revert back to um, a a kind of embracing traditional American values, and I think that's what's happening. It sure looks like it. Well, you can't scare the people more than once. They did it with, with with the virus. You notice where they were talking about another virus was right around the corner? Yeah. And yeah. got, and got right. no response. No got traction. N- pardon? No traction. No traction at all. So they go, okay, let's try something else. <laughs> and I really think yeah. it is. And I think social media has a lot to do with it. Uh, we do have a strong right side uh, media group, as little as it is. Uh, and I think they've just they've played that card to the death. I mean, it's, it's just not working anymore. Yeah. No, I agree. They've played all their cards. They, mm-hmm. They've played their entire hand, and now they're just getting desperate. Right. So now they're attacking the character of, you sure. know, I, I just uh, I, I put a little Facebook post out, but I, I keep an eye, and I don't, don't want to keep bringing you back to New York, but it's a good example because we got Hochul running against Zeldin, and, you know, I, I watch their Twitter feeds, and the comments on Hochul's, are 98% negative, but it's Republicans really calling her out on her policies. And then you go to Zeldin's page, and it's Democrats bashing Zeldin, but in a different way. Mm. The Democrats are bashing the Republicans by wishing death on him and his family, wishing his daughters to be raped. Right. Horrible things that you would never even think of. But this is the mindset of the Democrats. It's a different from the mindset of the Republicans, and you can see that in the comment section. So I, I really believe it's 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 good versus evil this time around. What's the big issue out there? What what are people? What, what seem to be the hot butt issue, issue hot button issues between the two uh, candidates? Like what you know what I mean? Like what's 
Oh, it, it's so it's it's so clear. Uh, Hochul uh, appointed Governor Hochul. Now, remember, she was appointed by Governor Cuomo, who left in disgrace for his sexual mis- misconduct and getting uh, you know uh, thousands of of old folks killed in nursing homes in the COVID yeah. thing. So she was there the whole time. Uh, she was she was working under him the whole time, and she she never spoke out. So that's one thing. But she's still there. She's riding on. Uh, abortion mm-hmm. and uh, j- just the democracy. They use this word democracy, and I don't even think she knows it. We're a republic. We're not a democracy, but that's beside the point. Whereas Zeldin is saying, "Wait a minute, we got so much crime. We got we got you know maniacs pushing people in front of subway trains, people getting stabbed to death on the streets in New York City. We got all sorts of crazy violence, and Hochul is trying to disarm people." And she's letting prisoners out of jail. So, so, so it couldn't be more of a stark difference in platforms that they're running on, uh, which is why I think we really have a good chance, regardless of the fact that the majority of voters here in New York State are Democrat, I still think we have a great chance, just because people don't want the violence anymore. So violence is, you asked me, what, was the, what were the top things? Violence. It's violence and the economy. And, and look what her response was to Zeldin. I don't know why violence is, yeah. is bothering you. I don't know why you care about that. <laughs> why so do you much, care right? about that so much? What's the big deal? Oh wow! <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I I was I actually seen it when she said it, and I it just it took just, me back. Just disconnected yeah. from reality. Well, she doesn't ride the subway. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, exactly. She she's not in no, that. No. She doesn't have to experience that stuff. None of them do. They don't. None of them ride. They do want country. people vulnerable. I believe that the yep. Democrats in New York State, and I can't speak for California, but I believe the Democrats in, that that run our state legislature really like the idea of people being vulnerable because they're easier to manipulate, easier to control, easier to accept uh, unconstitutional policies. But they, it, it, it's not working. It worked once. It's not working twice. It's not going to work a third time. Unless they can back it up with proof, it's not working. And and the border open, even though they say it's closed, that the crime is, is rampant, even though they say it's not. It's just not working because people can see it. And you know what? The one thing that the Democrats in New York do not want is an empowered uh, society, empowered citizens. And the one thing that gives us empowerment is the Second Amendment. Right. Well, what now? If you guys do get a Republican governor, what's the makeup of your legislature? Is it fifty-fifty or is it super blue, well, our super red? Is is pretty much all Democrat. So I'm not sure what Zeldin's got planned, um, but but that, I'm sure that's going to change to a certain extent. Hmm. What's what's Zeldin's background? Zeldin was a prosecutor. Um, that was one of the things he was. He was uh, he was in the military, uh, and. Um, yeah, and he was a prosecutor. He's been in politics for a while, but um, prosecutor and military. Well, but don't you think, like, if she gets, if she gets, you know, you know, if she gets out and Zeldin gets in, don't you think the rest of the people in in in, uh, in office are going to go, uh oh, and realize they could be next when their term comes up? You know, I wonder how that works. Um, I wonder if they start bailing ship, or if Zeldin yeah. is able to start bringing in some new. You know some you know new legislators. I'm not exactly sure the the mechanics behind that. You might even stay in New York. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, you know, my wife and I, 
we've talked about leaving and stuff. And then I decided, you know what? I'm not going to let no. some crazy liberal governor determine where I live. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm vice chair of my uh, town uh, Republican committee, and I, I have a lot of we have a lot of business here and real estate and things like that. I don't want to leave, and I'm not going to leave. I, I'd yeah. rather fight. Well, Mike and I aren't leaving either. Hey, can you hang on for? Can we? Can we? Do you have time for another segment? I want to continue talking about Ooh. this, Dan. Absolutely. Sure okay, thing. cool. We got to. We got to go pay some bills. Absolutely. All right. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one, AM eleven seventy. The answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. Ooh, he got growly on us. Hey, folks, did you know we have a world-class... I know. Give him another McRib. (laughs) Did you know we have a world-class flight training school in San Diego? Pilots can fly almost every day. We're close to the ocean as well as the desert and the mountains. So SDFTI's instructors can help you learn to navigate around the international borders. And that's why San Diego is one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly in sunny San Diego, right at Montgomery Field. Getting started is super easy. Then give them a call at 858-569-1822 or learn to fly with SDFTI or call them at 858-569-1822. Jackson, you all right? Uh, he yeah. wants a Mc, you want a McRib. <laughs> you got another you go what do you you got another joke for us? Yep. All right, fire it up. Why does a pirate take so long to learn the alphabet? Why does a pirate take so long to learn the alphabet? It's yours, know. Dan. Go for it. Yeah, Dan, do you know? I have no idea. All right, go ahead, Jackson. <laughs> because he spends years at sea. <laughs> There you go. That's a good one. See that, Dan? That's how you get articles into recoil right there. Is that kind of high quality, (laughs) highbrow humor? So, do you, you know, one of the things that uh, we're talking to Dan was about uh, uh, some of the the victories, uh, both past and future. um, And we're both very, very excited about Tuesday. We're both very, very excited about some of these lawsuits that are happening. Um, do you think, Dan, do you think that, you know, it, it might be a chicken or egg. Do you think that the culture needs to change or do you think that the public policy changes the culture? Uh, well, this is a, it's a good question. It's something I think about a lot. And I, I think we, we generally have people, people, people will generally take two routes in life. I, I think they'll, they'll either take a, a, a responsibility for themselves and a forward moving action and, 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 and have a level of self-esteem where they, they're, they're a controlling element in their own life and they'll move forward and they'll, and they'll be that kind of person, that forward moving person. But then we have people who maybe don't have that same level of kind of go get them and kind of self-esteem, and they tend to look for uh, organizations or groups that help them feel more empowered by being part of the group. They're followers. You know, we have right. leaders and we have followers, and I think, I think that, you know, 
because that's, those are human elements and human characteristics, I think the Democratic Party capitalizes on capturing a lot of those people who need to, to sit at that popular table. They need to be part of that group because they don't, maybe they don't have that level of self-esteem. They don't have that kind of go get them attitude. So, so in, in, on one, in one respect, it's part of our culture. On the other, on the other, on the other hand, I, I do believe that that left-wing ideology kind of, kind of conjures up more of that, and it kind of, it kind of keeps those people there. It keeps them more dependent. And like I said, we talk about the welfare system. We talk about making people fearful. It, it kind of grab those people gravitate toward that group, but then once they're there, it becomes part of their daily lives and it and they and they have a hard time getting out because there's a difference you know i always say you know the left-wing folks not all bad folks but they tend to be more willing to give up their freedom for for a, a, a perceived safety whereas conservatives are willing to give up safety for freedom it's a different type of mindset so it's in our character but the democrats will capitalize on it more as far as I that's just the way I kind of see it and I've thought about that a lot well it, it you know and it's um I I think that the the cultural change though that that is the reason I'm not again I, I, I it, it, it's, it's a tough question you know did the culture change or did the policy exactly. change it's tough to analyze but I, I think that like I know in San Diego the it's definitely an example of the public policy changing. We were able to get CCWs for the first time in decades, and I'm watching the culture change. But across the country, it was the opposite. The culture changed, and then the public policy changed. Um, you know, more people uh, started caring. Well, I don't know. Gosh, I tell you, we can go back and forth and round around. Well, you know, the, the, the Bruin case, at least here locally, a lot of people may not even be aware of the Bruin case, what, what came out of it, but what they're finding is through word of mouth, they're seeing the trickle down. The, the removal of that cause that opened up here in San Diego County for people that want to get a permit, and friends are telling friends, and it's getting out, whether it's whether they realize the direct relation or not. They're getting, they're getting that... They're getting into it, and they're starting to open their eyes and starting to get hopeful uh, with Second Amendment rights, and they're getting hopeful for that. I think more and more people are asking about CCWs, Mm -hmm. and the people they're asking, that's the first thing they tell them is the results of that case. Correct. And they all look at you and go, really? Right. Because they don't know. They don't get the connection. So then the next thing you know, they tell somebody else, and then Mm -hmm. they tell somebody else. So, you know, the word of mouth is almost better than social media. Because I wouldn't Absolutely. doubt social media would, would would block something like that. Oh, they do. They censor it. Let me ask you guys a question. What is it that keeps you uh, in the in the mindset you're in, in that self empowered mindset? What is it that keeps you there? Well, I've thought about moving to another state where you know there's freedom and all the things that I'm fighting for. But I've realized that if I got there, there wouldn't be anybody to argue with, fight against, and beat. <laughs> and so the motivation to win and then, you know, dance in a circle, uh, you know, after my victory, and, you know, that's what motivates me, I think. <laughs> well, I, and I think, I think people like us really, we don't mind the fight. I mean, we, we, we'll get in there and get our hands dirty because 
you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe we're, maybe we're built like that. It's just one of those things. And without people willing to fight, I, I can't imagine what this country would look like. You, well, want, you want my real answer? <clears throat> my real that wasn't your real that answer. That wasn't my, it, was kind of, it might have been more of my real answer than I care to admit. But my real answer is once I saw how important this issue was, once it impacted me personally and I started getting involved and I really saw the scope of the problem and and saw that it could be solved but 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 it has to you know it takes work i realized that it is it's not just about toys it's not just about cool possessions that we can go down to the you know range and shoot and boy this looks cool and whatever it it really once it it, it once i was able to see the fact that this is about a piece of society and humanity and civilization that is crucial and important uh, and that has to do with self-defense, I realized, you know what? I could go live my life and make some money and retire and go, you know, watch TV and, you know, blah, blah, blah. or you we, could quit your day job, well, which or, you made good money at and we, do this. We could make, we could make a real true change, right. which is exactly what this country is supposed to be. It's the country of the self-governed. And without, right. you know, so once I, once I realized that, hey, we as a group, every single member of, of these packs, everybody who's in this fight with us, we can actually have a, a, a real true effect on humanity and the civilization and history. And, and that's more important than anything else. That's more important than my safety. That's more important than my, my comfort. That's more important than the size of my wallet or checking account. It's, it's, it's going to be our mark on humanity. And that's why I wake up every morning and, and fight this fight. That's the real answer. And, and don't you also agree the people you meet, the people you touch, the people that you share this, this, this story with is positive. And, it, and it's just like it's, it's a relief that, you, that people are understanding what you're trying to do and what you're trying to say, and they're joining you. It, it's, look, it's how a, big SD, it's a great look how big SDCGO is, Orange County, Inland yep. Empire. Yep. I mean, come on! You're going to go live in a ten foot trailer and go to L.A. It's a great honor, and I, uh, I I appreciate all that. But the fact that we are having a true impact right. on on the human race and civilization is what motivates me. Right? Yeah. No, definitely. And, and you know what else I think about a lot is I don't want you know my son to look back at me and say, you know, Dad, I I'm I'm locked down in my house with my family for no good reason. Our cars have been shut down. And we can't use them. We can't go anywhere that unless the government approves of it. We can't buy anything unless the government approves of it. Dad, why didn't you fight harder? Mm, amen. That's a good one. Dan, how do people find your book and learn more about you, man? What's a, you got a website, or how do they listen to your show, or what's where, where do you want to direct them to? Absolutely, and thanks, guys. It's always great talking to you. I really appreciate being on the show. You guys are doing a fantastic job, and keep you know keep it up. We really appreciate what you're doing. Um, people can find me at goodgunbadguy.com, goodgunbadguy.com. I also write on a regular basis for Ammo Land. You can find me at ammoland.com. And, uh, and also the Loaded Mike, loadedmike.com is my web show. So thanks so much, guys. Hey, it's totally our pleasure. It's always a joy having you uh, hang with us out here on the other coast. Anytime. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break because... Action Jackson said so, because this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. 
you're listening to Good Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. When you become a member of Inland Empire, Orange County, or San Diego County Gun Owners, you join the other members as plaintiffs in key cases working to defend and restore your Second Amendment rights. Mike is up next with an update on the lawsuits. But first, Gun Prom is coming to the Inland Empire. Get your dresses and suits ready. Dust off them dancing shoes. Get ready to celebrate and support the Second Amendment. Join us in our Second Amendment supporter November 12, 2022 at March Air Museum in Riverside. You can celebrate the delicious food, drinks, and dancing. Don't miss your chance to win some amazing prizes and support the Second Amendment at the same time. Get your tickets now at gunprom.com. So we were talking, we've been talking a lot about the election. We've been talking a lot about uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, we, we just talked with, with Dan, uh, Dan Wass about uh, um, a lot of things. But he, we, we focused a little bit on the Bruin case, which was enormous, the Supreme Court decision. Okay, so explain it to people in case they just tuned in. Sure. The Bruin case out of New York, which is where Dan's from, is a historic and enormous victory for Second, Second Amendment. The decision came out in June, basically uh, getting rid of – it did two things. It got rid of the um, subjective requirements to get a, uh, a carry permit in all 50 states. So California, New York especially, there were only about – I don't know, there were three, four, five, something like that, six, seven states where they had this weird subjective good cause requirement. Got rid of that. But then the other thing it did is it said, look, all lawsuits from here on out Judges have to look at this thing from a uh, historic perspective. Uh, you know, what's the text? What's mm-hmm. the what's what's the history? What, what did they actually mean when they wrote it? Huge victory for the Second Amendment. You can't look at it through this weird prism of well, it's it's you know it's two hundred years later and now it means something different than it meant, or heck, it's ten years later. Mm-hmm. You know, it's ten years later and now it means something different. Is that why we're not hearing anything about it? I well, I mean, really. It's uh, well, so that's what we wanted to talk about. So, what exactly is going on? All right, so we got this great lawsuit. What exactly is going on? I wanted to touch on all the lawsuits that San Diego is a part of. Many of them, Orange County and Inland Empire, are also a part of. Uh, huge thanks to Firearms Policy Coalition, who we partner with. We get a lot of questions. How do we work with other uh, Second Amendment organizations? And uh, the partnership and friendship. Uh, that we have with Firearms Policy Coalition is a perfect example of that. They don't do what we do. We don't do what they do. So together, you know, this is one way we can work to uh, continue to solve the problem. So I just wanted to make everybody aware. And you can go to uh, each of the websites, San Diego County Gun Owners.com or Orange County Gun Owners.com or Inland Empire Gun Owners.com and then slash lawsuits. If you add that extension, you can see an update on on uh, all these different lawsuits and what exactly we're doing. So let me let me touch on it. First let's talk about the the Win versus Bonta. Uh Bonta of course is the attorney general and Win is one of our uh one of our uh, members, Michelle, and it's N G U Y E N, Michelle Win. Um this is the challenge to California's 1 in 30 firearm purchase ban. So essentially what uh what California has required by law is that you can only purchase one firearm every 30 days. And we decided, you know what, if this is a constitutionally protected right, then that type of limitation is, of course, unreasonable. So we're taking it to court. And if you are a plaintiff of San Diego County Gun Owners, that means that you are uh, a plaintiff, one of the plaintiffs in in the case. We're very, very proud of that. So what's going on with it? Like all lawsuits, it's, it's a big wait and see. It's a hurry up and wait. 
So we got to wait to get our day in court. We got to wait to get the judge to do their decision. But just know that we are working hard in that lawsuit. And within the next couple of years, we will get a final decision um, that that one in 30 law will be struck down. The next is the Jones versus Bonta case. That challenges uh, the ban. It's an age-based ban so that adults, law-abiding, sane adults who are 18, 19, and 20 years old uh, cannot purchase a gun in California. Uh, there are a few very minor exceptions, but but for the most part, it, it, is, a, it is an age-based ban. So Jones versus Bonta is going to challenge that. Now, the importance of that is it's basically it's going to say, hey, look, if this is a right, once you're the age of majority, you, you get that right. Like this isn't a secondary right that only some adults get. Um, so the Jones versus Bonta case is looking to get rid of the 18 to 20 age-based ban on purchasing firearms. Now, I think the one that most people have heard of the most is Miller versus Bonta. That challenges California's assault weapons ban. Now, Miller is one of our board members, Jim Miller. San Diego County Governor is also a plaintiff in this case, which means that all our members are, are plaintiffs as, as well. And uh, at first go around, uh, this is you know Benitez, Judge Benitez, struck it down and said, "Yeah, this is this is not constitutional." Um, but then immediately put a stay on it, um, meaning that hey, my decision doesn't go into effect yet because he knew immediately there was going to be a challenge. So he sure. basically said, "Look." Let's let's get this challenge. Let's get let's get to a final decision quick, rather than these back and forth. It's legal one week. It's not legal the mm-hmm, next week. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which is kind of what happened with the uh, with the mag case. But that is the first time in U.S. history that a court has ruled against an assault weapons ban. That's good. That's good. So it was kind of in a holding pattern. It was kind of working its way up. Then the Bruin case that we talked about, the Supreme Court case, came down, and the Supreme Court said, all right, back to the drawing board. This Miller case, you need to go back and you need to revisit this thing um, and uh, pretty much, you know, get, a, get another decision. So all the memos have been submitted, all the information that Judge Benitez has asked from, from, for, from the state and from our attorneys has been submitted which means that by the end of the year, we're probably going to have some kind of decision from Benitez. Now, what happens from there? Not sure, but the cool thing is the decision that he wrote was very much in line with the Bruin decision when it comes to you know text and history. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm looking forward to a very good result from the Miller case. Uh, and they appeal they, it? It's, it's, that's all possible, yes. They could, they could appeal it, go to... The you know Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, maybe up to the Supreme bond, Court, could go back up to the Supreme Court. All that could happen, but you got to understand just how clear uh, the decision is uh, when when uh, compared to the Bruin decision. You look, it's all, it's like carbon copy, mm-hmm. the Bruin decision and the uh, uh, Benitez's decision. So it's almost like okay, Bruin went through this one probably. I mean, because of the language, it'll be hard to fight. It, extremely hard, mm-hmm. extremely hard. Uh, the Rena. Let's go to the next case. Rena versus Bonta challenges California's handgun roster and self-manufacturing bans, particularly the handgun roster. This is a safe handgun roster where you can't purchase certain firearms unless it has technology that doesn't exist. This micro stamping. Rena is actually my uh, my former neighbor, and she went to another state, and she was in another gun store, and she was looking at uh, 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 handguns and found a Smith and Wesson Smith and Wesson Shield EZ. 
and she has issues with with the grip, you know, her hands, mm-hmm. um, and uh, found that she could rack the slide on an EZ and said, "Hey, I want to own this in California." And they said, "Nope, can't do that." So it's almost it's almost an ADA thing, right? Yeah, it's almost Ooh, a, you know. You can't so mess with those guys. So we uh, firmly believe now that's working its way through. We firmly believe that we have an extremely strong case that falls right in line with the uh, with the uh, Renner. Or I'm sorry, the uh, Bruin case, the Bruin decision. And uh, so that's what we're doing to challenge the uh, handgun roster. And then two more real quick. Uh, one is uh, Far versus San Diego, which challenges the city of San Diego's ban on 80% kits. The 80% kits are, are raw material that people would mm-hmm. you know, turn into uh, firearms and, of course, register them, et cetera, et cetera. We are suing there. And then the Barba versus Bonta is uh, with, with FPC. That's the Second Amendment lawsuit that protects gun owners' privacy. Uh, excuse me, privacy. It used to be the Brandeis versus Bonta case, uh, but that's so that the state cannot release your your private information, private information on gun owners and ammo buyers to a third party, like uh, research folks that want right. to ban your guns. So those are the lawsuits. Check it out by going to any of the websites: San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners slash lawsuits. You are definitely a bee in their bonnet. That's exactly right. I want to be, we're more like a hornet in their bonnet. All right, we're going to take a quick break. It's Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1178. The answer. Hey, ladies. Are you afraid of printing? Is carrying uncomfortable for you? Well, how do you carry, conceal, and still look good? Is Rhonda Mary going to talk to us about it? Because she may have the things for you. So stay tuned. She will be next. But hey, you know, a lot of companies are so frustrated with their websites. It looks old, it's out of date, and it's really getting, it's not getting customers. Well, SageTree gets it. Since 2005, SageTree has been helping companies with websites that look great, work great, and get leads. Stop by being frustrated by your website and get one that you're proud to share. Contact SageTree today to get a website that makes the phone ring. Getting started is real easy. Just call 866-728-9100. That's 866-728-9100, and fix your website today. So, Rhonda. Are you in the house? Hey, y'all. Hi, Rhonda. Hi. Hi. So you're here. You're going to be uh, talking to us a little bit about the uh, the Concealed Carry Guide for Women. I'm excited to hear it. Can you uh, tell us first, though, a little bit about yourself? Okay. So my name is Rhonda Mary. Um, I am a Second Amendment advocate and a political commentator. I started off as a um, YouTuber, actually. And as I was learning more about history and the Constitution and um, all of these other things, I was becoming more open to the idea of owning a firearm. 
And I simultaneously during this process was in a hit and run slash road rage incident, which actually prompted me to become a um, become a gun owner a little bit more uh, quickly. And during that time, I was able to learn so much. I was able to, because of what I was doing with my YouTube, able to have access to some really great trainers like all over the country. And as I was learning more, I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is way different than what I've ever seen on CNN. Uh, This is way different than what I've seen on mainstream media and shouted from the rooftops. And I'm like, this information I have to share with other people. I have to bring people on this journey with me, particularly women, um, particularly black women. Uh, Because at the time when I started this, this was actually an underrepresented group in terms of gun ownership. And so over the past several years, I've been talking about how to be a safe and responsible uh, gun owner. And recently I uh, created a concealed uh, concealed carry style guide, which just shows some different ways and techniques that I use to conceal carry. Because originally, uh, when I was learning this, uh, to use a firearm, a lot of the instructors around me were male. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a male-dominated industry. And so the advice I would get a lot of times is, oh, man, you got to put on bigger T-shirts. You got to wear bigger jeans. You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like... If this is going to make me not feel like me on it every day to day, I don't see how that would inspire me to carry. And especially women that are coming new and fresh into this realm. And so I'm like, I have to figure out a way to make this more relatable, because even though a lot of the times we see when they are talking about gun ownership on TV, we oftentimes see it from the perspective of prior military of police but when we actually look at the statistics the large number of people that carry firearms every day are just regular everyday people like me and so I feel like okay this is the perfect lane for me to do this from because you know I'm just kind of like your your girl next door type of image and showing women that it can be done and you can still keep your your flirty and your feminine look you may have to make some tweaks here and there but you don't have to dress like you know an old guy to carry your (laughs) firearm with you every day and you also don't have to carry it in your purse every day either that's an option Um, But even when we're doing that, right, we want to make sure that we're going about it the safe way as possible and using the the mechanisms that are made specifically for gun owners. And actually, uh, compared to prior history, this is one of the best times for female gun owners, because now you have so many companies that are seeing this demographic exploding and they're like, okay, how can we you know, speak to this market. And so now you're seeing even, I mean, so many uh, um, clothing styles that are coming with your ways to carry built in. So it's just a really good time for um, women gun owners. Well, you know, Rhonda, I really like to commend you. And it's unfortunate that it took a, a circumstance of, of a bad a bad, circ- a bad situation in your life to bring you here. But I'm, I'm glad that you're here. And I'm glad that you found this niche and this, because you're right, um, women, 
we don't have a whole lot that, that markets to us. Um, a lot of the, the gun world is tailored to, to men, um, you know, but, but there, there are a whole lot of options that are coming up for women. And I want to commend you for, for kind of taking the lead and, and to, to giving a voice to that because a lot of women don't know where to turn or where to go. And so I'm, I'm thankful that you're kind of, you, you're getting the word out there and you're giving some options and, and connecting with women. I'm curious though, how long have you been caring yeah. for? Oh, uh, at this point, every day, it's probably been about two to three years at this point. And it took me a little time to build up the courage to carry because first, you know, well, in Mississippi, you can have this firearm because it's a constitutional carry state. So Mm -hmm. you can have your firearm in your home, in your car without a permit. And so I did that for a little while. I'm like, okay, no, now I have to, you know, take this thing to to the next level. And, um, you know, you kind of work your way up to it. And something that's really interesting about being a gun owner is, I mean, I've seen guys that have shot for years get around some of the best shooters in the world or the, you know, the country or the world, and they're still learning. So it's a ever-evolving process, and you're building on concepts, right? Because I remember uh, something that they would tell us when I first started training. It's like, don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to shoot. Don't put your finger on the trigger until you're ready to shoot. And it's like, then, you know, you kind of start working and building on these concepts. And the next thing, it's like, all right, as soon as you have your sights online and you're pushing out that firearm, go ahead and be prepping that trigger, right? Mm -hmm. So something so small like that and those little details of growing and becoming this more evolved shooter, it's just a really interesting, I mean, it's a discipline. It's it's really a discipline, you know? It's a whole mindset. Yeah. So how long do you think that it took for you? Because you know, like, like you had stated, there was, there's not really an existing um, guide out there like this. How long did it take you once you kind of got into the gun world to kind of put this information together to where you felt ready to put it out to the public? Oh, okay. So I recently started working on this um, within the last several months. And, uh, um, it took me, so I've had some ideas and I even now have some stuff in the can that I'm preparing mm-hmm. for my experience. Cause like I said, I don't think it's a lot of stuff on the market out there from this perspective. A lot of it is from the people that grew up their whole lives shooting with their grandfather mm-hmm. or, you know, they've been working in the industry for so long. And so, I've been working on this for a couple of months and really just tailoring it from my perspective, you know, Mm -hmm. not trying to make it seem like I'm somebody that's been in the industry for 20 plus years. Uh, But I think that it's a certain segment of women that really resonate with that because it's like, yeah, I get this. Like this feels relatable. Like this feels doable. Right. You know, and you're, Right. You're breaking it down and making it simple and easily digestible and easy to understand. And so I think that's kind of like what's you unique about it. In this particular style guide, 
um, concealed carry style guide, like I said, these are just my, because what I was noticing is that I would create these videos and I would get these tips of, okay, this is what you can do. Try this, try that. And I would have a lot of feedback of where did you get that holster or how are you concealing today? And so kind of just saying, you know, well, these are some of the tips and techniques and things that I picked up, you know, over the years, even as, you know, some women may think, oh, well, to carry, I have to wear jeans. You don't have to wear jeans. I conceal with skirts and dresses all the time and kind of giving those alternatives. Okay, well, this is what I use. Mm -hmm. This may work for you. You may want to try this. And kind of breaking down those options is very easy. I get a website of where I get all of my stuff, how much it is. A lot of this is very cost effective. It's not um, expensive. And I give several options where you can say, oh, okay, this looks like how I dress or this looks like something I will be interested in. So I am going to try this and purchase that. It doesn't have to be a, oh, I have to get all of these things and do, you know, that's another thing that like gun owners, as you're growing in the experience, a lot of gun owners end up, well, not a lot. I will say more people that start to get into it as a hobby um, sometimes you'll find yourself trying a lot of different holsters. You'll find yourself trying, you know, buying different firearms over the years and kind of trying to really figure out, okay, like, what do I like? What would be best for me as a gun owner, right? Mm -hmm. And I just find it so much easier, especially when a person is relatable and it's like, okay, try this, this, and this. It's like, oh, that's it? Okay, cool, perfect. <laughs> and it works. It works. Yes. So before we get into the specifics of some of your, your carry recommendations and tips, I actually have a pretty important question. It's a good foundation question, and it's going to be asked by our special guest co-host, or co-host, uh, Jackson. Jackson, you ready for the question? Uh, what's your favorite gun? Yeah, nice. So right now um, I carry the Smith & Wesson, uh, the Smith & Wesson, Oh, Lord. It's a Smith & Wesson. I'm going to have a name for you. Is it a shield? <laughs> it's a gun. It's a gun. Smith & Wesson 500, probably. Sounds good. No, it's <laughs> an MP. Oh. MP shield? Y yeah. There the shield easy or the straight shield? Mm, we'll she can probably get. She can probably get an easy. I, she probably can. I sure hope she does. We can't get one. No. Is she no. coming back for another segment? She is, Rhonda. Yes, you missed ground. All right, kid, yes. hang in there. Go look at your gun. <laughs> Just pull it off your hip. It'll tell you. You are listening exactly. to Gun Owners Radio, FM ninety six one AM eleven seventy. The answer. Folks, welcome back. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. PRMI Hey, if you're looking to buy, refi, or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris Wiley has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. They make it easy. They work with a friendly expert team that will help you get the best deal on a mortgage. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or 
or primeres.com slash alpine. So, Rhonda. Rhonda, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. All right, do we solve the mystery of, of your uh, Smith yes. & Wesson? What is okay. it? What do we have? So the Smith & Wesson Performance Center, sometimes okay. I get it mixed up with the, the easy, mm-hmm. um, but I like both of those. And especially so I have carpal tunnel going on now, mm-hmm. or at least allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> and so <laughs> I really like the uh, the easy because, I mean, just as it's said, it, it's just a lot um, it's very user friendly, uh, and so I like that. But as far as what I'm carrying every day, the performance center is what I've been shooting here recently, and I was introduced to that firearm um, by someone that was working over there at uh, Smith and Weston. So that performance center is is nice. Nice. I've shot one, but that's not a uh, a gun that's available to us here in California. So unfortunately, really, yeah. yet. Yet. Yeah, we're working, <laughs> working on, on that. Yeah. What's up with that? Oh, you would not believe. I think we got well, how many guns do we have on the roster? Seven. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The uh, you have to. Uh, it's pretty ridiculous out here, Mary. That you have to. Oh my in order for a dealer to sell a handgun in California, it has to include a little micro stamp on it that puts a little a little serial number basically on the uh, on the brass before it's ejected from the gun. Well, that doesn't exist. That technology doesn't exist, so they're requiring something that doesn't exist uh, in order to sell a gun. So we're fighting them in court. Oh my goodness! Yeah. I know y'all are. So, I mean, I, I I could just imagine. Yeah, we got to get some of this stuff over time. <laughs> we got to, you know, we got to get you out here. We talked about it last yes. time. Oh, you tell her that story, then you tell her yeah. to come on out. Yeah, you got you got to come out here and see how horrible it is. <laughs> I don't think yeah. she needs to travel that far to see how bad it is. No, I'm going to get her out here for uh, for gun prom. For gun prom, I think so. Yeah, in September, you got to put it on your. Uh, it's September 16th, 2023. You got to you got to pencil us in. We're going to get you out here for gun prom. I want to shoot with her. Okay, I'm totally down. You can hit the range with me, Mary- Rhonda. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. Absolutely. How about you, Action Jackson? You going to go show the ladies how to shoot? Yes, please. There you go. <laughs> He's a pretty good shot, girl, so be careful. <laughs> oh, yeah. No doubt. All right, so, Rhonda, I'm curious. You know, w- being women, right, we have a lot of options. We have all the traditional carrying places that men do with a few additional extra bonus places that we have as well. I'm curious, what is your take on, and, of course, there's a lot of variables. You know, different body styles, body types, everybody has proportions in different places. Some will work for one, may not work for another. Um, so, but I'm curious, kind of what is your take on the different carry positions as far as concealability on a woman? So I, for me, I will personally um, say that it's going to either be uh, appendix or three o'clock, just, ba- just basing, basing it on body size, easy accessibility, and the way that she dresses. Mm-hmm. Um, I will always say that those three will be best. So that's going to be in front of you or on your hip. And obviously the, the opposite side if you're left-handed. Um, so, and it's really about finding workarounds and finding ways to lessen the printing. Mm-hmm. And also it could be, um, you're going to have 
some firearms that are going to just be, depending on the person, could be easier to carry. Like when I care, like the firearms that I have at home may not be as, uh, maybe bigger than the ones that I carry on me on a day to day. And so those will be things to consider too. But just tactically, I think that those are going to be the best positions. Now, sometimes when I have on like a dress, I will do like a thigh holster or something like that. I think that those work well. Um, Shell Todd, who is like one of my faves and does really great work in uh, a 2A advocacy, and she always has on her pretty little polka dot dresses, and that's one of her, you know, favorite ways to carry. Mm-hmm. Carry, and so I think it's just about really finding like what's comfortable, what's most comfortable for you, and what fits like your everyday routine, like your everyday life. How do you? F- how important do you feel it is to practice your draw? Because you're talking about different carry positions. Yes. So I'd like this to hear your take on question. that. This is a great question. So I would say for most people, what I would recommend is having your standard, like, this is how I'm going to carry most of the time. And when you're going to the range making sure that you are practicing from that position, I'm actually working on some content uh, for, on that on, for this upcoming week. Uh, but making sure when you're going to the range, you're actually drawing and practicing from that position. So I would say that everyone should have that standard position, right? Mm-hmm. And then on occasion, when you get fancy or you're feeling yourself, if you have other positions that make sense, whether that is a thigh holster, whether that is a uh, carry purse that's made specifically for gun owners. Then you also want to make sure you're practicing. And it's always good to get a few reps of dry fire in every single time before you leave the house. Now, for some people, it might be like every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to do, you know, it's good to five minutes of dry fire, you know, a few times a week is really good. Mm-hmm. And even more so important when you are uh, dry firing from a position that you that is not your everyday carry position. Okay. Um, so those are definitely some good uh, things to take up. Again, making sure you are drawing at the range, using those positions when you go to the range, and also getting a few dr- uh, reps of dry fire. So it's almost like muscle memory, getting used to where you're carrying Correct. Um, on your body. If you've never practiced, uh, you know, drawing from concealment, uh, especially, you know, if you, like you had mentioned, wearing skirts, dresses and things, getting to that firearm, if you've never practiced it, could, if you have to draw it, that can make the difference between uh, surviving that encounter versus not. And that's important. Practice it. Practice, practice, practice. I'm curious, have you ever tried, uh, for example, a lot of the things that are marketed to women, for example, the flashbang or different bra holsters or those, is that anything that you've experimented with? The bra holster, well, first of all, I'm not that blessed in that area. (laughs) (laughs) So unfortunately for me, when I have tried to carry there, I haven't had the best of luck. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm just not, I'm just not a fan. I'm just, the, the way we draw and, you know, the way we push the firearm out, I'm just not a fan of that. I know some people that do it. Um, 
that has just never appealed to me that that particular position mm-hmm. okay. it just seems awkward to 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 draw from it, it is a little awkward I have to say, at, at, at worst, there could be a little bit of distraction that could work to your benefit. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I could see that. <laughs> so you... I'm blessed. I just haven't tried it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let them borrow mine. Yeah. So, okay, so I'm curious. So you had mentioned appendix. You mentioned 3 o'clock. We've talked a little bit about the bra holster. You mentioned the thigh carry. Um, have you ever, um, for example, tried a filster, the Enigma? Uh, so I'm gonna say this, and it's probably not gonna be the popular, most popular thing. I have an enigma sitting mm-hmm. in my drawer right now. So do I. And I couldn't just, I it, it just never did it for me, unfortunately. Um, now what I use is something that I I like better. Mm-hmm. I, I I just like better is the comfort concealment belt which has kind of like that same idea. Mm-hmm. You could go beltless. Right, it's, a, it's, uh, a, it's like a neoprene stretch belt. Right, yeah. and it's not like, you know, attached to your leg or anything like that. I just could not get, I, I just couldn't work my way around the enigma. Now, I have seen some people take to it really, really well. They mm-hmm. love it. They speak highly of it. But for me, I felt like I could get some of the same benefits out of the concealment belt mm-hmm. without all of the extra, you know, <laughs> contraptions and everything else going on with it. You and I are so. on, the, on the same plane. I, okay, and for anybody okay. listening who is not aware of the terminology that we're using, the Enigma is a, is a holster rig system that's put together by Filster Holsters. It's actually not a holster. It's simply a belt rig that you put on your person that's independent of clothing and you attach a compatible holster to it um, so you can use right. your existing holster. But it allows you to push, position it on your body anywhere from you know down as low as your pubic bone all the way up to under your bust if you choose to I and mean, anywhere in between. So it has no connection or, or need to be um, connected to any of your clothing. Super popular these days. It is. It's very popular. And I, and I find that you either love it or you really, really don't. <laughs> <laughs> and there is no in between. You know, so Rhonda, I, is it or uh, Alicia both? Is it for men and women? I'm it not, is. It's for men it and is. women. Men, yes. Uh, yes, it definitely seems to be way more yes. popular with women. It's marketed more to women just because men men tend to wear things that wear you know that have a belt, yeah. and so it's right, not right, as right. Mm-hmm. Cr- crucial for them. But it is. It's 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 both men and women. It's just marketed more for women. And even when I have seen guys wear, it's like with gym shorts, mm-hmm. it's like you know uh, uh, jogging pants something like that where it seems like it would make the most sense. I could see how going for a jog in like yeah. gym shorts or going to the gym or something, how that would make sense for guys. Absolutely. I agree. So I'm curious. So you have, you had mentioned it early on that you, that you started off um, with the social media platform. I'm curious, how do we find you? How can we find your guide? Where do we go? RhondaMary.com. R-H-O-N-D-A. Mary. M-A-R-Y.com. You'll find my concealed uh, care style guide. You'll find all of my social medias, where to find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Is there going to be a men's guide coming out soon? Is there going to be a what? <laughs> a men's guide. Oh, ooh, that might be a good <laughs> idea. Look at you trying to put me on to some more work oh, to do. <laughs> keeping you busy. Keeping you busy. Nothing wrong all right. with it. All right. 
Thank you, Mary. Thank you for joining us. All right. It's good talking to you. Have a good one. Bye. You you too. All right. Hey, we're going to take a small break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. A self-defense event happens in seconds. In the time it takes to listen to this commercial, your life could change forever. I pray you never are forced to shoot in self-defense, but if you must, then you must be ready. That's why the USCCA exists, because every responsibly armed American should have the training and education to navigate a self-defense situation. And should you ever need it, the 24-7 criminal response team is right there for you. To discover more about USCCA, visit uscca.com slash G-O-R and act now because the life you save could be your own. That's uscca.com slash G-O-R. Hey, Dave, guess what time it is? It is Stump My Nephew. Stump my nephew. Actually, stump your nephew. Yeah, exactly. Stump my nephew. Everybody's favorite segment. We found out years ago that my nephew, Sam, is extremely good with gun trivia. So uh, if you send in a question and we use it, you get a hat or a shirt. If you stump my nephew, you get a cool special prize. I think uh, today, if if the person uh, who wrote in stumps my nephew, we're going to give that person tickets to gun prom, Inland Empire's gun prom, which is sold out. So this is the only way you can get tickets. Is to stump my nephew today. Exactly right. Ah. Sam, how's it going, man? All right. Um, so, is uh, does Inland Empire have its own gun prom now, or what? Yeah, Inland Empire has its own gun prom. Orange County has their own gun prom, and then of course San Diego, the the OG gun prom. That's very special. <laughs> hey, so uh, you wrote a blog. You wrote an article that went out in the uh, email on Thursday. I did. Yeah. Talk about your your article. What was it on? Uh, well, I, I I'm, I'm worried about getting the last two confused. Um, my most recent post was about um, basically hitting on the general theme of authority figures circumventing the gun laws that they either support or enforce. And you even talked you talked about what the the example you gave from San Diego was. Um, I used a couple of examples from California. Um, the one I used from San Diego was a, um, I, I'm, I'm going to mess up his name. It's, uh, Marco oh, Garmo. Yeah. Marco Garmo. who was a, uh, a high ranking official with the sheriff's department. He was, uh, using- he was a deputy in the San Diego County Sheriff's office and he was caught convicted and sentenced for for uh, buying off-roster handguns because law enforcement officers can buy off-roster handguns and then and saying they were for him and then turning around and selling them under the table to uh, people who couldn't buy off-roster handguns. Basically a straw purchase scheme. Yeah, it, it, in essence, turned it, turned uh, th- this law created a, a black market that only police officers could really participate in. It's the most bizarre series of laws, which we, we talked earlier about the Rena case, which is hopefully going to get rid of this ridiculous, unconstitutional 
roster, or at least the portion of it that is impossible to comply with, which is the micro stamping. Great article. If you go to our website, Joe Dramisi also has an article up, which is fantastic. It's about the election, which happens Tuesday. If you go to sdcgo.org slash blog, you'll be able to read the articles, or if you're a member, or if you just sign up for our newsletter, you'll see it every Thursday. You'll get to read some of the best Second Amendment content on the entire internet. Thanks to Joe Dramisi, and of course, Sam, the gunman, my nephew. All right, my friend, you ready for your question? Yeah, let's have it. All right. Are you uh, Action Jackson? You ready, bud? Yep. All right, fire away. Who's it from? Brandy from Escondido asks, what pistol features a quad stack 22 LR magazine? Brandy from Escondido, which I'm pretty sure is a real place. Thank you very much for writing in. Um, the Okay, I'll, I'll do what I usually do and give the short answer and then explain. Um, the question is referring to the Keltec CP33, which is a 22LR caliber pistol, um, polymer frame, and uh, as the name suggests, it holds 33 rounds of 22 long rifle in a quad stack magazine. Now, what is a quad stack magazine? Um, most people out there listening are probably familiar with a single stack magazine, like imagine something out of a 1911, where all the rounds are stacked one on top of another vertically. A double stack magazine increases capacity by widening the body. It staggers the rounds um, so that you get almost twice as many rounds in the same height of magazine. It just ends up being wider. Um, what a quad stack magazine does, and these are relatively uncommon, but uh, there have been a few different designs throughout the years, um, is it basically puts two double stack magazines side by side in one body and then combines the, uh, the feed columns at the top. A little more complicated, but you get a lot more rounds. Okay. That is correct. The Keltec CP33 is a futuristic looking pistol that uses a 33 round flush fitted quad stack magazine the little semi-auto plinking pistol is railed for an optic and ready to be accessorized the ambidextrous ambidextrous i can never say that word uh pistol also, oh thank you sam thank you <laughs> very encouraging pistol that also features a magpul mlock slot built in the dust cover unfortunately the gem is not available in california because of our Stupid gun laws. But, yeah, very, very good. That's exactly what it is, the quad stack. Correct! Also, It's also an add-on to your breakfast at Denny's. You can order a quad stack. I don't know if you – Jackson, you've, you've gotten the quad stack before, haven't you? Yeah. It's super delicious. delicious. <laughs> it really is. Wait. Awesome, wait. man. Thanks. That's – I mean, I, I can't say anything else other than thanks. I mean, if there was a, if there was a gun-themed – breakfast restaurant i think the the quad stack would be a good menu item name I, I i totally agree hey so you got to meet uh bill paxton what a no, couple days ago right not. bill paxton is no longer alive um oh. i met the person he portrayed in the movie apollo 13 i was close uh, astronaut fred hayes fred hayes you got to meet fred hayes from apollo 13 in person right I did, yes. He was delivering um, a presentation at a museum near me because I live in northern Virginia, so we have all sorts of cool museums here affiliated with the Smithsonian, 
and um, got to hear him speak. Really interesting guy. What was that like? I mean, standing there, uh, you know, meeting a, a living legend. Uh, what was that like? Um, well, I, I mean, that's the closest I've ever been to an astronaut, just standing right across the table from him. Um, uh, we we talked briefly before this this presentation he gave, but um, you have to remember all those guys are were some of the brightest people in America at the time back in the 1960s, and even though you know it's it's 50 some odd years later and they've aged quite a bit, those guys are still whip smart. They're all scientists, engineers by training and trade, and they have a lot of really interesting stories to share. And what did you tell him about your, uh, what was your comment to him about your experience in, in the skies? Well, I, I mentioned to him that, uh, that I'm a pilot as well, and that might sound kind of dumb, but um, every pilot likes to hear from other people that they are also pilots, even though he flew spacecraft around the moon, and I just fly single-engine, piston-engine airplanes. I don't um, think that's dumb at all. I think that's here. awesome. You told, what, you told him what? You're working on your instrument, instrument rating, right? I did, yes. I think that's cool. I think that's awesome. That's like a you know what it's like it's like if you're like uh if you're like if you're like Babe Ruth and some little kid comes up and says, Hey man, I'm playing little league, you know? I think you'd be yeah. excited about that. Jasper yeah. any tips? Um no, I uh, didn't get the didn't get the chance to ask <laughs> for any tips, but um I'm I'm sure he has more than enough. He's uh experienced way more things in an airplane than uh most professional pilots ever will you might be surprised he may have started out just like you did well everyone's got to start somewhere and everyone right. starts pretty similarly i think he was a marine too wasn't he a marine pilot um he was a pilot in the marine corps and uh in the oklahoma air national guard he flew in combat okay astronaut trivia who is harrison h schmidt uh, Harrison Schmidt. He was one of the Apollo astronauts. I think he was, the, was he the last one to walk on the moon? <laughs> yes. Or, he was no, <laughs> that, uh, no, you're right. He was the last one to walk on the moon. He was an Apollo uh, astronaut. I think uh, technically, uh, Gene, uh, Cernan was the last guy to stand on the moon, but he was the last guy to step foot on the moon. Uh, you're absolutely right. Timothy, I'm sorry, Timothy Schmidt. He was a, he was the bass player for the Eagles. Totally different guy. <laughs> Harrison Schmidt. You're exactly right. I don't know why you know that. Do, do you know why? Here's, let's go even deeper. What made him different than the other Apollo astronauts? He was the only one who didn't have a military background. He was a geologist. That's ridiculous. All right, I give up. <laughs> I can't believe he knows that. That's exactly right. He was not a, uh, he's exactly right. He was a geologist. How'd you know that? Oh, you just read it on your phone. Google? I just, I just know stuff. Oh, please! That's one of the things <laughs> Is that I run do. in the family. Is that what you're trying to tell us? I do, I do two things: Second Amendment, no stuff, and that's it. Those are the two things. <laughs> so that's awesome. Very, very cool. All right, Sam. Very cool. Uh, thanks for saving me some tickets to Gun Prom. Uh, we will send uh, whoever it was in Escondido. We'll send you a hat or a shirt, whatever you'd like. And uh, thank you. Great job, Sam. As always, appreciate it, man. As always, thanks for having me on. Keep the questions coming. Um, hopefully more about guns and not necessarily about astronauts because I think I have a little less knowledge in that in that respect. Well, I, I got to tell you, I, I probed the astronaut angle, and, and I'm done. I'm not even going to try. I was yeah. like, we'll see if we can start stomping them with astronaut trivia. I guess not. Good job, buddy. Thanks. Good All right, folks. Hey, subscribe to our show. Give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and please support our great sponsors like San Diego County Gun Owners, 
Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, BRMI Mortgage, Sage Street, San Diego Flight Training International, U.S. Concealed Carry Association, thanks to Alicia Curtin, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Action Jackson, Brendan Thomas, don't touch that dial. The man is coming up, Bob Siegel, right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The, the answer. answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.